Hey everyone, welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Isa. I'm Abby, and today we had the privilege of speaking with Divya Gugnani, serial entrepreneur and boss bitch, most recently co-founder of Clean Beauty, travel-inspired brand Wander Beauty. We talk about what Clean Beauty is, why it's important, starting a business, and balancing all of the things. Being a mom, a CEO, and an all-around rad chick. So FYI, if you haven't tried anything from Wander Beauty, you definitely need to ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use the code WANNAVIBE, that's one word, for 20% off at wanderbeauty.com. And personally, I highly recommend starting with the mascara, the Glow Getter Face Mist, the um, Baggage Claim Under Eye that's Masks. That's what I They're gold. They're the gold little sticky under eye masks. And um, if you're into foundation, their powder foundation is a game changer. So go um, treat yourself mm-hmm. with Wanna Vibe at wanderbeauty.com. And we hope you enjoy this interview. Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this can mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? Divya, Divya, Isa. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for doing this. Literally. Thank you for having me. We know that you have a busy pants dropping schedule, so we (laughs) so appreciate your time. Flew here from LA to see me. I literally kicked him out. I'm like, I have a podcast. I want to talk. You have to leave. Oh my God, you're the best. Thank you so much. It's so, we're really excited to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have like a lot of questions, but um, for everybody that's joining us, um, we're talking to Divya Gugnani today. She, I, I would call you a serial entrepreneur. Would you call yourself a serial entrepreneur? I guess that's the word. I started four companies. So I yeah, which is, best. we're totally going to talk about that. But right now, um, you are the CEO and co-founder of Wander Beauty, Correct. which is the first, the first kind of of its kind, right? Like travel inspired, luxury, clean beauty for that's, what I love about it is that like, it's efficient, right? Like it's made for the girl on the go. Um, and so we'll talk about that too. Um, but what I really want to start with is kind of how we like to start with a lot of our guests is like, we want to hear about baby Divya. Like tell us about pre Cornell, yes. pre Harvard. Were you like hustling lemonade on the sidewalk? <laughs> Were you a born entrepreneur? Like we want to hear all the deets. I so wasn't. So I hate to oh, like wow. disappoint that I actually grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So my dad came here for college from India. He was an engineer, like every good Indian boy is. Right. Like, <laughs> our doctor. Um, and he lost his job. He worked for the government in Springfield, Illinois, and he lost his job. And he just had a new baby, which was my older sister. And my dad was like, no one's going to hire me over Christmas. Let's take my Chevy Impala and drive to Florida. Like he's wow. like a fly by the seat of my pants type. Oh, Let's- wow do this. So my dad became an entrepreneur. I happenstance. He lost his job. And he, during my childhood growing up, baby Divya was exposed to high, low dad, putting the payroll on his American express personal card, wow. dad not being able to pay the bills, right. dad, like, you know, living the most fabulous life and taking us to Monte Carlo. Like business was great. Business sucked. Business was up. Business was down. And I never wanted that for myself. 
So I literally was like, I want to have a white picket fence and have 2.2 kids. Yeah. I want ability in my life. I want to live in one city. I want to live in one place. I want to have a normal life and have normal kids. And my parents were, you know, my dad worked and he traveled constantly and he wasn't around. And, you know, my parents had a, you know, challenging relationship. And so it was very, there was not a lot of stability in my life growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think that I wanted, I craved stability. So when I grew up, I always had this ethic of like, I want to work really hard because I don't want to be dependent on anyone. I don't want to be dependent on my spouse. I saw, you know, the dynamic in my parents' marriage and that was really frightening to me. So I think that you grow up with this immigrant mentality of like, I want to be smart and work hard and hustle Mm -hmm. because that's just like in your DNA from, you know, how I culturally grew up. But at the same time, I want stability. I want safety. I want to give my kids safe environment. I want everyone to feel like calm and peaceful. And like, that was not how I grew up. So I wanted that for myself. And then I literally just turned into my dad. So that's the thing. So (laughs) funny. I, you know, I just like, I I, I literally, you know, you you have the best aspirations to be the person that you want to be. And then you just end up being who you are. My path in life, despite me having the career in finance, the the job, everything, I literally turned my life upside down, became an entrepreneur, I'm all about the hustle. I take okay. big risks, just but like him, constantly. You know, I'm literally probably witnessing that high low in your childhood probably made you even that much more driven as an adult, right? You're I like, so. failure is not a fucking option. Absolutely. Like, we are going to be exactly. successful. Because I can exactly. resonate with that. Like, I grew up, you know, with a single mom who also could barely afford to give us what we need. Right. And then I grow up and I'm like, not, nope, never going to happen. Not happening. Not and see where as I'm the opposite where I, like my family worked really hard and we own our own business now, but now I'm like, I understand that I'm very lucky and like stepping into a position that has already been paved for me where it could be like, just, um, I can like set the place on fire and like, it would be really bad. That would be the worst case scenario. But where now I feel like as I'm evolving and growing, I'm like, trying to lock it in and be like, now this is going to be you. So like, it's either, you know, it's a fight or flight response and you got to like hang on and like make it work now. Like there's mm-hmm. no, now I don't have a safety net where like where I did, you know, cause I was like, Oh yeah, you guys do it. And then I'll just be your employee. Now like I'm an owner and I'm like, Holy crap. I have to like bear down. Totally. hundred percent. I think that we are very much shaped by how we grow up. There's right. a little bit of nature, there's a little bit of nurture and then we find our own path. But mm-hmm. I just like Abby was like, I cannot be dependent on someone like my driving force of what has made me work so hard and be so achievement driven has been that I, I want to fulfill and create my own destiny. And I actually want to bet on anybody. It might as well be yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, so you did touch a little bit on like kind of your past career path, but you take us through your journey is like, just so all over the place. I don't know how you've transcended so many different categories of career. Like, so just give us the high level. And then I also want to know, like, every time you switched genres, I guess, did it feel like you had to start over? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. So I started my career in investment banking at Goldman Sachs. You work really hard. You sleep under a desk. You you know learn the corporate life, and then if you're really great at that, you move into private equity. So I went straight into private equity after after um, investment banking. That's the natural progression and path. Mm-hmm. I then went into venture capital and saw 
two guys in a garage starting a tech company, very sexy, very cool. I'm like, this is cool, but I don't want to take that risk. Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot. So I go to business school, I come out, I go back into venture investing because that's what I like know and love. I love investing. I love like understanding the white space in the market, working with entrepreneurs, helping them build their businesses. And I was always um, a coach on the sidelines. So there's like the captain of the team was the CEO who's driving the team to success and, and to win. And then you're the coach because you're the venture capitalist giving them the funding, the time, the energy, the skills to go do that. And so you get sick of being on the sidelines, right? You watch people make incredible, you know, fortunes for themselves and destiny for themselves. And you're like, I think I could probably do that. So I became an, it was really an accidental entrepreneur. I had, um, was dating a guy who had auto parts, um, you know, real interest. We turned into a business, we sold that company. We, then, um, I worked in the culinary space. I went to culinary school. I'm hugely passionate about food. That's amazing. I built a profitable business that was small team. It didn't scale. I learned very quickly that every entrepreneur experience is not a rocket ship. Not every single thing aligns and moves up into the right. right. So the concept of I had a humbling experience that knocked me on my feet a little bit and made me think long and hard about how I was going to build a company to grow and scale. And that's why I built Send the Trend, which is a fashion accessory subscription box, which I raised venture money for and sold to QVC. Mm-hmm. And then when I was at QVC, I spent tons of time in beauty, style, food, and fashion. And I always loved beauty. I mean, beauty was something that was core to my being since I was a kid. My mom right. used to like put raw milk on my face and be like, this is how you're not yes. Like, this is how you're going to get a fresh skin. You know, it's like, you know, all these like Indian rituals, of like everything that goes on your face comes out of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's really what it was of growing up. My mom's a hipster. So, you know, she's like, that's whole Latin culture too. I got a little bit of that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is cool. I love beauty. I've always loved it. I was that girl who did makeup all the time, had the full face look. And then I had two kids and I was riding the subway and I was like, I have no time for this. Like I look like what I look like right, right. now. And no, you know, you're just amazing <laughs> right now. Lip balm. And I'm like, okay, I've moved on. And my hair is a hot mess. And when I get to work, I may or may not brush it. Like it may happen. Right. It may not happen. Right. <laughs> so, so like, you know, that this concept of beauty beyond the bathroom was happening in our real lives. All of us were doing this. Absolutely. We're all doing our makeup, our skin, our hair, planes, trains, automobiles. Oh yeah. You see people in the car like rocking their mascara while they're driving, like doing it while they're yeah. driving. <laughs> you know, we're all commuting in the car. We're all on plane trains and automobiles. We're all doing stuff at the gym. Abby's like workout buff extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Like there's some skincare that's going on when you wash your face after, but while you're at the gym, like you're like, I sweat like crazy. Got to use cleanser. Got to put on moisturizer. Like maybe do something for my lips. Like, so all of this beauty beyond the bathroom is happening, but no brand's speaking to this woman. And so I'm like, this is not just me. This is a large unmet need that we need to tap into. And that's why we created Wander Beauty. And the whole concept of Wander Beauty is gorgeous on the go. Yeah. It's this woman, time star woman on the, on the go. And she wants to be gorgeous on the go. She wants fewer, better beauty essentials. That's right. Fewer because they're multitaskers, better because it's clean. And beauty essentials, things you're going to reach for every day across all categories. Right. So she doesn't want to go to a color website to buy color cosmetics. She doesn't want to go to a hair website to buy her hair. We create one destination on wanderbeauty.com where you can shop for your beauty routine. And so I know that the idea of like 
minimal ingredients, like really high quality ingredients, globally sourced ingredients um, is really important to your mission. And that stems from your own personal like health, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit. I remember telling you this because when we met, we were having lunch, I was telling you, I I had a really big upset in my life. I was trying to get pregnant, which is not that easy for some of us. Mm -hmm. And it's a struggle. And so, and I was going through all this testing and I was having all these health issues. And every morning I would wake up and my eyes would be sealed shut. And I literally couldn't open my eyes. They'd be swollen, they'd be red. And like, I couldn't open my eyes. So I'm like, I must have some eye problems. I go to NYU, I go see one doctor, I see the other doctor. Like they're like, do I have eye cancers or some sort of like, it turns out I have autoimmune disease. And I got a serious problem. I had a serious problem with my thyroid, which I still have. And my body was basically fighting itself. And I became highly allergic to all sorts of chemicals, many of them found in cosmetics and personal care products. And so your skin is your largest organ and you're ingesting all these chemicals via your skin. You don't even realize it. I didn't realize the body wash I was using was causing rashes. You know, the hair products I was using was causing, you know, eczema all over my neck. So there was all sorts of stuff going on because of my autoimmune condition. So I took everything out. I peeled back the onion. I was like, I'm going totally no products. And then I could slowly introduce things that were clean. And so for me as someone who has super sensitive skin and has been battling with autoimmune disease, I was like, this should be the standard. This shouldn't be the exception, right? Everything free of parabens, free of synthetic fragrance, free of mineral oil. These are all irritants and chemicals that you don't need in your beauty products, yet they can be completely efficacious. They can still have the performance that any other brand has and performance is always the key indicator of like how you build a brand and what we've seen people like resonates with our client. She comes to us for performance. She comes for us for color cosmetics and skincare and hair care that really works. Right. Minimum effort, maximum results. And so we really worked on formulations to have that ability to perform without compromising anything by being clean. I I love that you just whipped out your lipstick and started applying it. (laughs) Because my lips are dry guys. Um, Do you realize your lips don't have any sweat glands? And so they dry out even faster than other areas of your body. I did not know, I that. Didn't know that either. I, I just drink learned so much water that I find that I don't actually have a problem necessarily with dry skin, but I do use the Wonder Beauty. What's the oil that's in the tube? Yes, the glow ahead. Oh my God. This is my favorite. I use oh. this sometimes in, like today. I didn't even put foundation on. I just used that and then a little concealer and like that's it. And then um, also the mascara which is my favorite because of the tube that it's in. I this mask, no, not that one. Not the Mile High one, the original one, the OG. The OG. Yeah. She's telling us all her products right now. Wait, for those so listening. I have so many questions. Yeah. <sighs> First of all, do you think that it was like, I hate to use the word luck, but yeah. for lack of a better word, that you sort of launched Wander as clean beauty was becoming a thing? It's so funny. No one was talking about it in 2015. So it really wasn't a thing, Abby. It was a me thing. It was like I was struggling and I was suffering. Yeah. Yet no one was talking about it. Now, four years later, people are talking about it. But even still today, you are one of the very few like luxury, like more prestige brands that is clean. Because most of the other brands are still owned by conglomerates that are doing animal testing, that are using, oh God, dogs barking. That are using Dexter chemicals and my dogs. I mean, I can't. Um, Sorry. So I think that that's 
just so cool that you were able to kind of pioneer this really important piece of education in the industry because and it was driven by a personal journey right it wasn't me doing data and science analytics and studying the market right. and manufacturing a brand this was a real thing i went through in my life and you launched with just one product right we launched with the on the globe lush illuminator keep it simple that's what i learned from all my days in marketing mm-hmm. do one thing do it well see what happens test learn iterate and so, so we when you went and like pitched product. your brand with one product what did people say laughed me out of room because i feel like now people are launching with 40 shades of fucking foundation right like right off the bat yeah so when i went and talked to people and i literally had one retailer meeting and they're like i pull out the product and they're like okay like please present the collection i'm like there's no collection you're looking at it like this is funny it was so embarrassing i just remember sitting in that meeting and be like oh my god i think it went really badly and then they were like wanted product which is great that's so amazing everyone has a different philosophy for me it's like if as an entrepreneur as someone who's testing and trying a new business with a new concept that's totally innovative and different i said let me try one thing Lindsay and i agreed to launch one product on the globe blush illuminator it's lip and cheek and it's also nude glow illumination so you've got lips, you've got cheeks, and you've got highlighter. You've got all of this happening at one time. And so my thought process is that I'm replacing lipstick in your bag, I'm replacing a blush in your bag, and I'm replacing highlighter. I'm saving you time, I'm saving you space, and I'm saving you the money of buying three things. Totally. So if I can create value in your own life with this one thing and show you a video of how I use it 20 different ways, then you may want to buy this. Yeah, for and sure. So digital let's take that experience people are having in stores testing and trying and seeing payoff and touching formulas let's make it all digital let's do it all on video let's make it really educational and demonstrable and let's see what happens and literally we did six figures of scales sales within six weeks holy shit holy crap i mean i have to say like your little insta tutorials get me every time every time but it's nice it's just, to see like yeah. you using people, the product. Exactly. It's normal people looking like normal people using the product. It's not like yeah. influencers right. like, making these like 40 minute tutorials. Um, so I think that it's super relatable. Um, so we have a few questions from our listeners. Yeah. And so one of my best friends, like very big on like, her name is Danielle and she's like super involved in like animals and like, well, not super involved in animals, in uh, animal rescue, excuse me. So your, your product is cruelty free. Yes. I love and we, that. That's just, you know, why, why should every branch be cruelty free? Like this right, is where I, I believe. Also, if you could explain the difference between clean and cruelty free, because just because yes. you're clean doesn't right. mean you're cruelty free, just because 100%. you're cruelty free doesn't mean you're clean. Correct. So, Cruelty-free means we do not test on animals. We absolutely never test on animals. In fact, we will not work with any sort of retailer or region where they require us to test on animals. So we don't believe in any animal testing at all, and that's why we're cruelty-free. We are clean because the variations of clean are many. There's no set list of things you have to be free of to be clean. We call ourselves clean because we're free of parabens, phthalates, mineral oil and synthetic fragrance. We are also free of another 1500 plus ingredients that we don't believe people should ingest those chemicals and use them on their skin, their hair, their lips, their body. Because a lot of people I feel like don't even realize how absorbent your skin is. You know, like where it's like, you know, that's taking everything right in, like right into your bloodstream and people are like, it does? Yeah, it it does. does. (laughs) It doesn't, no one, and by the way, so when I got pregnant, 
I learned so much about this. I became what they call a skin intellectual. Let me everything about putting it on my skin, like, do I want this in my body? I, I worked so hard to create that baby and I did not have the easiest experience getting pregnant that I was like, I made this thing. I'm baking it up. Yeah. 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 To be like, come out right. Like I don't want this cake ingesting chemicals. This baby's going to be well done. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, this was hard work. And also just because I also don't think a lot of people know that different countries and different factories and different retailers, like you said, have different um, standards. So yeah. for example, China, if you're selling in China, if, correct me if I'm wrong, China, yeah. to retail in China, they require animal testing. Correct. But you can wow. do cross-border trade in China, which is cruelty-free. So you can be on streaming apps in China called Tmall, Taobao, Little Bear, like other places where you can do cross-border trade with China that's only online, cruelty-free. But anything in a store in China actually has, it has to be animal tested. But on the flip side, just because you produce product in China doesn't mean it's animal tested. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So all these produce, and rules. So if we produced something in China, like for example, like we make brushes um, or componentry in there, none of that stuff has anything to do with animal testing. Right? Oh, good. And, and it really is, you can produce in China and not have it be tested on animals. It's just that it requires animal testing to be in the physical retail market in China. This is so detailed. I know it's, and it's one of those topics that like nobody really needs to know. Yeah. No one knows the specifics behind it. So, you know, manufacturing China gets a bad rap when really that shouldn't be the case. It should be, you know, retailing in China gets a bad rep, but. Correct. You're 100% right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And so we want to know like the PD process, like when you're developing a product, PD stands for product development. Um, like, what does that look like? Do you have an idea first or do you find a formula? Yeah, like first? A, a foundation or a lipstick, like what, so how long does it take? Yeah, I'll walk you through the new illusion liquid foundation. And we'll just kind of talk through this. So liquid foundation is the biggest category of complexion and of foundation because more people use liquid than they use stick or they use powder. Mm-hmm. Which is a sidebar, your powder foundation is the fucking shit. It is. It's, it's our it's our most popular item and our brand, it's which is so every time I have to do anything on camera, not you this have thing. to use it, right? I have to use it. I can't use anything else. <laughs> I literally like world supply, um, lifetime supply for me because I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> we really, it is true. Like it is a liquid that we transform into a powder, which is a proprietary process, which makes it so special. Like wow. Afraid to wear powder foundation, you should buy the Wanderlust powder foundation. It's hydrating, it, it covers like everything. You don't need concealer. You don't. It's only yeah. one. Because I think that's like a big concern for people where they feel that if they're going to be wearing powder, they're going to look super cake. dry and caked. Yeah, cake. It has fillers and has binders. It's bad for your skin. It makes you look older. It attaches to texture in your skin. Our yes. Does none of the above. You no. said that so nicely. It attaches to textures instead of like sinks into your fucking wrinkles. So liquid foundation we know is a big category. And before we got into this category, we surveyed hundreds of thousands of people. And we asked them, what's the deal with your liquid foundation? Mm-hmm. And everybody said, it's in a glass bottle. I'm obsessed with it. Can't take it to the gym. Can't take it to a, on a work trip. Can't go desk to dinner. Can't carry it in my bag. It's too heavy. Makeup artists told us that liquid foundation in bottles, like they have to depot everything because they're like, I just can't even, and it's a hot mess. And it's oh, yeah. You need a brush. You need a blender. Yeah. You need 
all the totally. things. We made it in a tube. We created a shade window so you can see your shades. Anyone who's like rummaging through their bag, they like know what they're reaching for. You may use one as a concealer, one as a foundation. You may use one in the summer, one in the winter. So it's easily identifiable with the new illusion with the foundation to just see what your shade is. And then the formulas, chemically unlike any formula that's in the market. 90 plus percent of the formulations in the market are cream emulsions and they're all different variations of the same thing. This chemical composition of this formula, we worked on this with a chemist in Korea, it is unlike any formula out there. It is, covers everything, it is super lightweight, you don't feel it on your face, mm-hmm. and it can cover age spots, acne spots, rosacea, scars, veins, you name it, discoloration, it's going to cover everything. So for somebody who yeah. would be shopping online, how would you suggest that they pick their color? So we actually show different women of different ethnicities and skin tones for you to identify where yours, mm. uh, where your color lies. And this concept of like, okay, I'm doing my liquid foundation at the gym or in the back of an Uber. I, even if it's in a tube, you don't want to have 20 tools. You don't want to need a brush, you need a sponge, have it dirty. You open it up, it gets all over your clothes. It has a built-in doe foot. Love so it. This I love a fat I can doe foot. This, this concealer, or I can use it as body makeup. And you can use a full face foundation. I can drop in a few drops of the Glowhead face oil and create a tinted oil. I can drop the dive in moisturizer and create a tinted moisturizer. The flexibility and the customization of the coverage is everything. So when we interviewed all these people, did focus groups, um, spent a lot of time on data analytics, we were really able to identify all the pain points of using foundation. And at Wander Beauty, when we're creating a multitasker, we want to solve your pain. We want to solve a problem, and this solved a problem for so many people. Everyone's like, I love the Nude Illusion Foundation because I can put it on the back of an Uber, because I can use it as a concealer, because the formula is superior to everything else I've ever tested and tried in the market. I love that you have control of it. I think it's so important what you essentially just said, um, that and this transcends just beauty in any business, you should be creating products based on a problem, not based on like what other people are doing or, you know. You know, the beauty industry tells you more is more. They tell you you need a cream from your left elbow. You don't. You you know, you don't need a cream from your left elbow. Like your left elbow will be totally fine without the cream. And so I think this concept of less is more and the whole world is is conscious of conscious consumerism. And they don't... It almost like brings us back to what you were talking about with like your roots too, where like simple things where your mother would put like milk on your face or do whatever, where it's super clean, super easy. Yeah, which is why we created Fastlane. And the Fastlane Instant Facial literally is heavily um, enriched with lactic acid, glycolic acid, lactic acid that came from milk, which is something Mm -hmm. that I used to do when I was a kid. So this is an instant exfoliating mask that I do on Sunday nights which literally regenerates my skin and resurfaces my face. It's like a baby bug on my face. It's amazing. If you had to recommend someone start with one product, what would that product be? Oh, Abby, it's the mascara. You know that. It's a wanderlust powder foundation or it's it's mascara, whether you like mile high or unlashed. Those are really huge here. Baggage Clean Gold Eye Masks is another one. Everyone loves Baggage Clean Gold Eye Masks. And you can get those at Sephora. Your Water products paint. are not just effective, but they're so pretty. Like, you know <laughs> that you can wear them in public on a plane and yeah. just be like, yes. 
I do that. I messed up and just like show out. And then people are staring at you, but they're like, but it's nice and gold. Right, right. And works. It works. It really like depuffs, it brightens, it hydrates. And I really have struggled with dark under eye circles since the beginning of time. Um, And so I think that the efficacy and the, the fact that it works and it's results driven is what really matters. Totally. Um, one of my friends and my listen and a listener, Cindy, wants to know this, like the scoop on clean sunscreens. Do you use them or do you have any favorites? So I do. Um, I use sun. Like I really like sunscreen from Korea. I buy almost all of my sunscreen from Korea. Um, I have a formula that's in my bag that I've been working on, which actually is amazing. But a chemist made it for me, so you can't buy it. But it literally, what I love about it is that. It's you need a wonderful sunscreen. sunscreen. I am literally. I'm like, it's, like, it's coming. If I don't want any makeup, it basically gives my face a natural radiant glow, which I'm obsessed with. That. So that's something I use a lot. I also use the brand. I now it's a blue package. I need to remember the name. It's called Farmer's Dog, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a blue packaging, and I love that sunscreen. It's super lightweight. Even if you have the deepest skin tone, it disappears. It doesn't give you a white cast. There's no flashback for people of color. Um, and I really just love the formulation and it works, plays really well with makeup. Amazing. Would you be able to tell us like what the difference between mineral and non-mineral based is? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, mineral based sunscreen, SPF is like, it's very complicated. So I don't want to like get into all the nuances of like physical blocking versus chemical blocking versus Mm -hmm. mineral, but there are different types of um, categorization of actual SPF and sun care. And there's a lot of chemicals and I can get into technicalities of the different names, but you want to avoid in in sunscreen and whether things are like heavily titanium dioxide or they're using different chemicals. So there's a lot of regulation that's actually changing around this area, which my advice to listeners to be totally candid is to not buy sunscreen from America because it's the weakest regulations. There's a lot of stuff people are using chemical and physical mixes. And I really believe that when you buy sunscreen from Canada and you buy sunscreen from Korea, you're buying stuff that's good for your face. And that's how I will boil it down in a simple, simple way. Fair enough. Do you have a resource from Canada or Korea that you like order from? Or I mean, I love this farmer's dog one that I get from, um, from Korea and you can buy it online in the U.S. I'm always wary of like- I'll send you guys the link. You can put it in the show notes. Oh, yes. What? She said, I'll send you guys the link. I'll put it in the oh, show yeah, notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll put it in the yeah. show notes for sure. I will because I really love it. And I mean, like, I love my brand, but I, I use this SPF. I just think it's fantastic. Awesome. Um, so I want to um, kind of pivot a little bit because I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I feel like if we're going to talk about this to anybody, it should be you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, I mean, I think overall, like the question is, what made you just say like, fuck it. Like I'm going to start a business. Like, was there a moment that you were just like, fuck finance. Like I'm going all in with company number one. Yeah. Cause there I feel like a lot. lot of people like, will be like, I want to do this. I have a great idea. Giant idea. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, this idea is too heavy and I'm yeah. terrified right. and I can't like the step forward is the scariest part. So the step forward is the scariest part. And I think that I've worked with so many entrepreneurs who have had big cuts taken big risks and gone out at it. I think my first entrepreneurial experience was very measured. So I had a full-time job. I was dating someone. He was working full-time on the business. And so we were doing it together. And so I had de-risked it. It's what I call toe in the water. I had one toe in the water and it's kind of testing the water and seeing how it was. 
once I had that experience of explosively growing a business that did really, really well, I built the confidence to take the leap and do it again. Yes. So then I was like, I'm going to do this now and I'm going to do it full time and I'm going to go for it because I've had an opportunity to navigate the challenges, make mistakes, do it while having a full-time paycheck. I mean, listen, it was the most exhausting time of my life. I worked nights, I worked weekends, I worked around the clock. Like it was miserable, but I learned so much and I made so many mistakes that when I actually jumped into it full-time, I made a lot of mistakes that I think I could prevent and I could do the second company better, faster, and cheaper. Yeah. And so progressively, if I look at my career, my first company, my second company, my third company, now this being my fourth company, the cumulative effect of finding the white space in the market, launching a brand, building a business, growing a team, recruiting that team, retaining that team. It's all so many challenges that you navigate. And I just feel like I've learned my own style. I've come into my own at Wander Beauty, but I've had a lot of failures, experience, risks, and success before I did this. Yeah, I love that. I feel like there's so much pressure in the industry, not in the industry, I shouldn't say that, but like, I feel like, at millennials, right? They yeah. are so, like the idea of being an entrepreneur is so glamorized that people think that success should happen overnight. And there's a lot of advice out there that's like sort of quit your job and yeah. just go all in. And like, I love that your approach was totally different, totally like, different, straight up. Like I didn't take a risk at first because I was still learning, but that's also like part of the hustle. I feel like where the grind of you working all these hours and weekends and nights is part of like anybody's success. Like you're, like yeah. you said, like you're not just going to happen overnight. Yeah. So you're going to be working your full-time job and then you're going to be working extra on your passion and you're going to wow. just push through and see hey, how. passion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you made a lot of mistakes. You had failures, you had successes, like, and you learned from all these, these things. What was your favorite mistake or failure? Ooh. I think that people, I think like I can generalize and saying like I hired, I made a few mistakes with people and people's the crux of making a great organization. This so, actually yeah. goes right into our next question too, because yeah. I wanted to know, like, so I'm currently hiring for my, like for our, my business. And yeah. I'm like, crap, like, how do you like so read hard. someone quickly? How do you, this is the story, like people's everything. So this is what I've learned. And this is where I've made mistakes. Number one, strong people make the best organization. So look at your skills, identify what you're good at, under, understand what you're not good at, and understand, I'll make a list of everything you're good at and everything that you're not good at. And where are the opportunities in your business? So if the pie is a certain size and you bring in people who are better at things that you're not good at, you're gonna make the pie even bigger. Right. So always understand that. Then when you're hiring, hire for two things, aptitude and attitude. Hire people who are high aptitude, who are intelligent problem solvers, because in a startup, it's never a functional role. Oh, this person's good at email marketing. Like, right. you know what? In two months, they're not going to be doing email marketing. They're going to be doing text message marketing. Right. The, the industry changing every three minutes. Don't hire for skill sets. Hire for aptitude, raw intelligence, and problem solving. Mm -hmm. Hire for attitude. People who have a good attitude are going to be the ones that are going to grow your organization. 100%. New York to Tokyo test. Would I sit on a plane from New York to Tokyo with this person? If the answer is yes, hire them. If the answer is no, don't hire them. In a startup, you spend so much time with people. Right. And so that's like things I've learned. And I, you know, and I've, this is how I've called down the hiring process. Also, hire slowly, fire quickly. Someone's yeah. not one bad apple ruins the bunch. Someone's doing a great job. 
bring onto the team functionally, slowly, methodically. And so I really feel strongly that I have made all of those mistakes and this is my playbook now. Right. Yeah, I love that. I feel like uh, very frequently there's just one toxic person in a workplace that can ruin everything, the, ruin the, the efficiency of everybody else. Um, but oftentimes, you know, whatever, if it, whether it's like senior level or like the owner, like depending on the scale of your business, like it's really hard. I think as the person that hired said toxic person to admit that you made a mistake right. and fire that person. But in actuality, cutting those ties loose kind of, it's I think lights a fire under everyone else's ass, right? It does. And I really feel like, you know, being in an environment, go out your, go out of your comfort zone. You're going to take risks and you're going to make challenges. You're going to hire the wrong people. You're going to fire the right ones. Like you're going to make mistakes and don't right. be hard on yourself. Just pick yourself up and like, per- perseverance is the game. If you can stay around, you can have a brand. Totally. <laughs> the weather, the storm. Speaking of brand, let's talk about branding for a yeah. second. What, what goes into branding a product? Like, so interesting. So like, this is what I think was so fascinating. So when we were coming up with names for Wander, we were like, is it Jet Set Beauty? Is it this? Is it that? Like Wander was the inspiration behind the brand. Ultimately, like, yes, the product is very functional. It's high on the function scale. It's multitasking. You can use it 10 different ways. Every single multitasker we launch is so iconic in the fact that it works with your skin, not against it. But this concept of travel and wherever you wander is something so romantic. It's the right. Yeah, it really is. It's something that like you ins- you're inspired by travel. We do travel Tuesdays on our Instagram at wander underscore beauty and Instagram. And so the inspiration of the brand is that this woman is living her most fabulous life. She's traveling. She's go getting. She's on an adventure. She's jet setting from place A to place B. And so that was our brand. And that's why Wander made sense as a name for us. And then the A in Wander is actually the arrow from a compass. So that subtle branding of travel and navigation and your true north and moving to your next place is inherent in the branding. I wanted to own a color. And so we literally made all of our packaging shades of Wanderberry. So it's really the spectrum of Wanderberry. I love that. I love it so much. Color and pinks, maroons, beiges, like it's all Wanderberry inspired because it's the shades of Wanderberry. And we own that color and we call it Wanderberry because it's yeah, from Wander. It so much sense. It's so interesting how every little component really adds up. It does. And like all, a lot of our um, product names are travel inspired or influenced by travels. So like this is the fast lane instant facial. This is, you know, the mile high club mascara. So all of this stuff, lip retreat, it's all travel based, travel inspired, and that cohesively ties our brand together. No detail is too small. Correct. Yeah. I, I actually work with Divya in my real job, in real life, <laughs> in my real life. Um, and I know what a psycho you are about your formulas and every single little detail yes. being just right. Like, we work together to make like minis sometimes of mm-hmm. the products so that people can trial them. And I'm like, 
Divya, no one fucking cares about a double walled tube. Like just make it in a regular tube. And she's like, I care about a double walled tube. <laughs> but it's because you're, you are your brand, right? Like yeah. your brand represents everything and mm. you want everyone that touches your brand in any way to get that experience. A hundred percent. I want to give them the best experience. Job, I'm like, we need lower costs. <laughs> yeah, I want them to have the best experience they can possibly have. It's all about a great experience. Right. Yeah. And I think you really do give that to your customers. I want to pivot again because you have two kids. Yes. You have a husband. I do. So far, so far, so good. Ass bitch. <laughs> how, like how, like how, like what does your fucking calendar look yeah, like? Yeah. What is your balance? Like, how do you balance? I'm not going to lie. So I get, like, I woke up this morning at like 545. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work like a maniac. I wish I actually, so I work very hard and I put in a lot of hours and a lot of CEOs, a lot of companies my size don't work nearly the hours I do. And that's great because they choose to have a life and they choose to do a lot of stuff. Like for me, the years of building Wander and the early days, and this is really early days for me, we're like four years in, there's nothing more exciting that I want to be doing with my life than building my brand and spending time with my family and friends. Mm -hmm. These are like, this is what my life is about. It's about build brands and be with my family and my friends that are closest to me. Right. I deprioritize everything that doesn't fall in that wheelhouse. So I prioritize and I focus. When I'm at work, I'm 100% at work. It, my, like no one's calling me. I'm not coordinating things. I'm not texting. Like mm-hmm. literally we got on this podcast and my husband texted me about dinner and I literally got on my phone and said, please don't text me. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I was like, I don't want the computer dating while I'm on the podcast. So when I'm at work, I'm focused on work. When I'm with my family, I'm 100. Like I'm 100. Yeah. With the kids, I'm eating, I'm cooking. I'm like, and that is my time with them. I don't yeah. spend all the time with them because I'm not a stay-at-home mom and I don't see them the minute they get off the bus. But when I am home with them, I am with them 100 million percent. They have my, they have focus, myself they have my ear. I connect with them every single day. I put them to bed. I don't do stuff after work immediately after work because I like to put my children to bed. That's a priority for me. That bedtime is my special time with them. My husband's up in the morning with them when they're getting ready for school. I'm usually working. I'm usually doing meetings early or I'm going um, and doing overseas calls in the morning. So he gets that time with them, quality time in the morning and I get the evening. Mm-hmm. And then when they sleep at 6.30, which I'm, you know, have them on crazy military rule that they literally they go to sleep, sleep at 6.30? That a seven-year-old of a five-year-old, don't tell them that Everyone else in the world doesn't sleep at 6.30. Holy shit. <laughs> lines and they get into bed and when they fall asleep, they fall asleep. And sometimes they talk till seven, which is fine. But then they're exhausted because they run hard all day. They have a lot of activities. They have piano, they have tennis, they have swimming, they have soccer. They're busy. So I'm they're exhausted right now. And run down. Do you oh. still cook? I do. I cook all the time. I, love I wish that. I cooked more. Um, but I cook a lot of crazy healthy stuff, which I think is, you know... My kids eat green pancakes. They pull out their lunchbox and then green pancake comes out and it's a kale pancake. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Um, So quickly take us through just like what what your day looks like. Yeah, so my day is... Yeah, sometimes I get up super early. Other times I don't because I often work very late at night and a lot of overseas business. Mm -hmm. So I get up in the morning... I meditate, I drink a glass of water, I take my autoimmune medication, which is my thyroid medication. I can't do you eat it. guided meditation or do you just meditate on your own? I just do transcendental meditation. I've been doing it twice a day since the seventh grade. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I do transcendental meditation, 20 minutes. Don't talk to anyone. Don't see my kids do all of that first when I wake up to just like get me in the So you've got a lot of practice. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I get up, I brush my teeth. I, um, I open up my email. I say hello to my kids. I do everything I have to get done. I move around. I potentially do a streaming workout on Obey Fitness, um, which I really love. And I then hit to head to the office. I take the F train. I'm at work door to door in about 17 minutes. I podcast while I'm on the train. Mm -hmm. I love to listen to podcasts. So do 34 million other women. Um, And then I get to work and I do what I call deep work. So all my mornings are spent doing critical thinking. I actually don't get into my email. Like once I've emptied my email at home, by the time I get to work, I'm not in my email. So if you tell me from like early morning hours, like the work day, which is like the kind of nine to 11, you don't hear from me. Because because your brain, like that's- My brain is deep working. Did you find that through trial and error? Like that's when you're best able to focus those hours? Interesting. I need to be hydrated. I need to have rest and I need to have food in my system to do my best thing. And I need to be like fresh. So nine to 11, I'm doing deep work. I'm doing like some internal meetings and stuff like that where I really need to- Think about strategy. Think about PD. Think about yeah. things that move the needle for us. You have for the to be on, time, yeah. Where I'm not being texted and called and ripped, you know, pulled in twenty different directions. Where I'm, my brain's not starved of energy. So I do all of that, and then I typically do meetings either out of the office early or like early afternoon before I put my kids to bed. If I'm out of the office, otherwise I really just like to be in the office during the day, mm-hmm. and I don't leave the office in the middle of the day. So I'll never like leave in the middle of the day to go to Midtown or go downtown because like all that travel time like splits up my juju of my schedule. Right. So I try and do out of office beginning of the day, end of the day to minimize travel. I do a lot of team meetings, things like that. I drink green juice at four thirty. That's I don't drink tea or coffee. Um, I eat a lot of fruit. Yeah. I drink a lot of, a lot of water. Um, and I don't actually spend a lot of time on my phone at all during the day at work. So I don't talk on the phone. I don't text. I often don't really tech, check that much of Instagram. And I just focus on work, work, work. And then I leave. I spend that time with my kids. I try and catch the end of dinner. Um, I put them to bed. I read to them. That quality time happens and I jump back on my computer or I go out for a work event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm working and then I'm catching up with email. I'm doing all my social stuff at night. I'm checking Instagram. Like, I'm doing all, I'm watching stuff on Netflix. I've got my computer going. I'm doing all the stuff, like catching up on what normal people do during the day. I do at night. I need to take a note from you with like putting the phone down. I was thinking about it today and I was like, if I just put my phone down and stopped telling my dog how cute he is, then I would like take so much time and be able to actually do what I'm setting out to do. You know, I actually deleted Instagram last week and it was a really interesting exercise because I realized how many times I pick up my phone just to look at it, just to to click on the app. And when it wasn't there, I was like, oh shit. And then I would do something more productive with my time. So I re-downloaded it today and I'm like, do I really need this? Like, do I really need to do the Instagram thing? I do think that it takes a lot away from our productivity and our like mindfulness, right. like our being, yeah. being present. If you're checking it frequently, you're engaged in that and your brain is only half paying attention to what you're doing. Right. So my whole goal is like, in order to grow this brand over 300% year over year and now over 100% this year, okay. it has been Amazing. very focus, focus, focus. And, and the I'm focus- sure like your friends too, your friends, your family, everybody who loves you is like, don't text Divya. They know. 
They yeah. know, or like they expect like, um, Hey girl, I know you're busy. I'm going to text you now. Let me like, when you're free, get back to me. Like they already 100%. like respect that. And I think that like, you know, a lot of this, the early years have been sacrificed on like sacrifice with time with my husband, sacrifice time with my kids. But now I'm coming out from the other side of that because we've built an amazing team and we're, we're have more infrastructure here. And like, I feel so happy and so proud that I'm at that stage, but it was really hard to get here. Totally. Right. And when you you're, you're earning it, you earned it take a day off and like, you know, be working and be on email, but not be physically in office. Like, I just like, you'll hear from everyone. I'm here every day. Like I literally am here every day. It could be a snowstorm. It could be a monsoon. It could be the 101 degree day in New York city. Like I'm in the office. You sound like my dad. I always joke around that. Like, it's like, you know, when there's a snowstorm and they'll say only emergency personnel. So it's like police, Mm-hmm. Um, firefighters and Rich, Rich Mendez, Mendez, who's my dad. Yes. Now we'll add you on there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Just like with your husband, like, so give us a little bit of advice or like, what do you do to like maintain your relationship strong through all of this business? So I think the most important thing for us is that we get time together. Mm-hmm. So we have uninterrupted time together without our phones. And I'm so grateful that we have help at home with the kids. So we are able to step out of the house. Cause if I'm in the house, I'm on my computer yeah. and like I'm watching Netflix or like my mom's calling me or like mm-hmm. I'm sidetracked with Instagram, like just like the normal stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't get that quality one-on-one conversation with my husband unless I leave the house. So we'll like go for a walk together. We'll take a, we'll go to soul cycle together. Well, it doesn't have to be a meal or a drink or frozen. Yesterday we went to frozen yogurt at 9.30 at night. Like I cooked dinner at home. I had a conference call that went from 6.45 to 8.45 at night. Oh, wow. So while I was on the conference call, I made dinner, put it on the yes. table for him. He ate while I was on the conference call. I ate after. And then he's like, let's go out and get some froyo. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And like the two of us will go. I'm like, that's our catch-up time. That's it's nice. one it's without, without a phone. And it's like doing something that we enjoy doing together. It's talking, it's walking, it's eating, it's drinking. It's whatever that may be. But we need that time to connect because he's so busy during the day. I'm so busy during the day. We're both like running around and traveling all the time. That we need that connection time. Absolutely. I love that you prioritize that. So what's next? (gasps) I've heard some rumors. Yeah. I've heard rumors (laughs) about a book. I think it's about a segue to fashion. What's going on? What's coming? None of the above. Um, (laughs) I am really excited about the product Pipe It Wander. We have more exciting multitaskers coming. We did a pop-up shop in New York. It's wrapping up this week. It was super successful. We love the social man. Yeah, it's been so great building authentic relationships with real people in the community who are driving our brand and kind of sharing their story. I think amplifying that, I think we'll go in more cities. We'll do more physical in-person, build human connection with the community yeah. events. So you'll see us kind of going cross-country. I think more focus on just building our digital community and our digital business um, and more innovation cross-category. Own more for beauty routine. So now we've like been really excited and deep into color cosmetics and skincare and it's working for us. Mm-hmm. We launched one multitasker in hair. I think you'll see more from us across category for her routine. And that's the big innovation that's coming. Love it. I'm excited. I'm really excited. When, so let's, when you're having a rough day, like what's, do you have any sort of mantras or even like when you were first starting out where it's like, sometimes it's just, you're like in a hole and you're like, 
crap, how am I going to get to the next day? Like, what do you talk? How do you speak to yourself? Like, what do you say to get through a day? First thing I do is put on my sneakers. I always keep a pair of sneakers at my desk. So I put on my sneakers and I get out of the office. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally feel like I good energy exudes good energy and good energy is infectious and contagious. You have a great energy. I feel like I've been smiling this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in a moment where I'm going through a downward spiral, I've had bad news, something terrible is happening and I'm like bad energy, I don't want to spread my bad energy yeah, to sure. So I need to reset myself. So I put on my sneakers and I walk around the block. I love it. I get that vitamin D. I'm like outside. I'm breathing New York City air, which is, you know, questionable. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> questionable. Um, and I just get out and I reset. And I walk and I move around and my body moves around and I think. And I'm like, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to tackle this? What am I going to do? And then I come back here and I'm ready to, I'm ready to hit go. And I'm ready to fix problems. Mini reset. That's you can feel how super passionate you are yeah. about your business. Like it's very, like I, I love feeling someone's energy and where I, I feel like I'm talking to you and it's like no bullshit yeah. and we're moving forward. Like yeah. that's like, there's, that's like the path there's only we're taking. One direction. There's only one direction and it's <laughs> going forward and it's really great. So we like to end every episode with our own version of Vogue 73 questions. Oh my God. Okay. Only five questions. It's only five. Don't. So don't bug out. <laughs> um, so we're just going to rapid fire these random questions at you and you can just answer them and then we'll let you get back to um, your empire. Yeah. So the, your first question, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, my biggest pet peeve, God, I have, I have like a few, but I have to think about... Um, my biggest pet peeve is that people ask you a question and they don't listen to the answer. Mm. It really bothers me. If you're going to bother to ask me a question, actually hang around for the answer. For yeah. sure. Don't or look like, at your phone or start doing something else. Yeah. yeah. Like, why are you here then? Or like <laughs> when people ask questions that they can just fucking Google the answer to. Yes. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, you can only eat one food or meal for the rest of your life. What is it? Pizza. You you know that already. You have pizza with me. That's a pretty it's a pretty common answer for that question, but I just had to confirm. <laughs> um, what was the last book that you read or listened um, to? I have read an amazing book called The Ironclad Brand, like forging. It's called. I have to actually look up the name because I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. This was such a great book. Um, ironclad brand, um, forging an iron, uh, forging an ironclad brand. This was such a great book. And like, don't dork out on like, I'm reading a business book. Cause I read plenty of nonsense, no, we read but I really love it. this. It's by Lindsay Peterson. It's all about like, when you create a brand, what you're signifying to your consumers. Like when you're watching TV ad and you see Clorox, you see that the woman who uses Clorox in her kitchen or the man who uses Clorox in his kitchen, because we're all in the kitchen, not just women, um, he is actually signifying that they're taking care, better care of their family because they're killing more germs. Right. So like, what your brand signifies in terms of evoking emotion. And so I'm always thinking about like, what is that for me? What's the value I have in someone's mind? And how, what are the brands that I shop? What do they say about me? So like, I love this book because I think it's so read it. Yeah, I want to read it too. I've well, never even thought that deep about it. We'll link that in the show notes too. If you have you read The Power of Habit? I haven't, and I've been wanting to read it. You have to read it. It's similar. Okay. It's like along the similar lines, but less about branding and more about like why we do the things that we do without even thinking about it. Anyway. Um, if you could switch lives with one person for a day, who would it be? 
Um, this is they, a good question. They could be alive or dead. Um, you wouldn't I be would, dead if you switched. Right. It would be their living life. Yeah, I would say Michelle Obama. I would love yes, to know. What I love that response. <laughs> I just think that like, she right? impacts so many people across so many sectors of this world. <laughs> and like a day in her shoes, I'd love to know what that's like. Yeah. Also, wouldn't you like to know what it's like to be married to Barack? He's so yeah, and also I really like love her fashion and love yeah. the clothes that she has. It's pretty yeah. intriguing to have that wardrobe. That's a really She's good like, regal um, and gorgeous. So our final question, what is your vibe? My vibe is driven. Yes. Like, that's my vibe. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like, that's, like, that's what it is. I'm, I'm driven by what's important to me. Not dri- driven in the commercial senses. Right. right. By my, what I want to achieve for myself, which is being a better mother, being a better wife, being a better CEO, being a better daughter. There's like a lot of stuff that's important to me and I'm driven by that. That's awesome. You're very inspiring. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you and where they can find Wander. Um, WanderBeauty.com at wander underscore beauty um, on Instagram. I'm at D Gugnani, which is at D G U G N A N I. You're going to link um, it in the show notes. Yeah. And I uh, love to connect with people. So drop me a line. Thank this you. was so fun. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you guys for having me.